Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. Here again with me today is Dr. Andy Clark. In my mind, famous nutritionist, biochemist, uh, genius expert on gut health. And I wanted to get your take today, Andy, on supplements over 50. As you know, as a family doc, I'm kind of unusual in that I push a lot of vitamins on people, especially after 50. Um, you may have seen one of my podcasts or, uh, where I'm actually beside the interstate out front of this office holding up a cardboard sign that says, take vitamin D. I got a lot of feedback on that. Um, it was very popular at the time. I think we put it on YouTube or Instagram. It got thousands of hits, but I'm a big believer in vitamin D, as you know, my most important supplement. And then probably digestion, which we talk about a lot. But I want your take, since you're an expert, on supplements after 50. What do you What do you like? Sure. So um, the first I'll agree with is vitamin D. Uh, so vitamin D. Back when we were young, uh, we were able to take make vitamin D out of our skin. Uh, uh, ultraviolet B radiation hits our skin. It changes our 70 hydrocholesterol in the skin to pre-vitamin D3. Our liver converts it, and then we convert it again in the kidney. We have our active form of vitamin D3 in the body. But once you get over the age of 50, um, you just don't have that capability anymore. Your skin, our doctors are telling us to kind of cover up, don't get the sun exposure, um, and you're just not as capable of doing that type of conversion anymore. So vitamin D3 then becomes a necessity. If you take a look at the age of people over 50 and their vitamin D levels, about 70% are insufficient or deficient. So how can you uh, get that uh, back up to where it's supposed to be? If, um, if you are able to absorb vitamin D, you may have to take a larger level of it. And so what I recommend, particularly during this COVID time, is 5,000 international units of D3 in a gel form. And that allows the vitamin D3 to be absorbed effectively. Uh, I don't like vitamin D2 as much. You know, some people will put it in there. It's a plant form, but it's just not as efficient. Agree. So vitamin D3, the cholecalciferol, instead of ergocalciferol is what you want. We know that there's a certain group in the population that can't absorb it. You can throw whatever you want in the gut, and it's going to be a problem. It's just not going to be absorbed. So we're, we've worked in our lab on a solubilized form where we take... Uh, vitamin D, which is a fat-soluble vitamin, and we convert it to a water-soluble vitamin, so it's absorbed without the use of bile. It just self-absorbs. And so we've run a trial on that with some humans, and uh, we've shown that uh, they were resistant to any type of supplementation. Uh, we showed that they were able to get sufficient, and we're asking NIH for money, and so far been unsuccessful, but we're still, we're still cramming away at it, trying to get the grant. So that's the first one, vitamin D3 is what I do. The second one, particularly for women, is calcium. Now, as a dietitian, I would tell you I want your calcium to come from your food. So uh, green leafy vegetables um, are going to be your rich source of calcium. Dairy products, if you're able to eat the dairy products. If you have sensitivity to dairy products, Digest Shield's a great way to take care of that. But um, it, they, they're a great form of uh, bioavailable calcium. But if you, if you can't take that, then you're going to take, you should be taking calcium citrate. And the calcium citrate I would recommend would be around 1,200 uh, milligrams per day with about 
uh, with some, some vitamin D3 taken with it. If you're already taking vitamin D3, that's great. If you're not, 60 international units will get you to where you need to be, where you're not going to have any deposits on your arteries. So that's number two. Number three, we have a real problem in, uh, in the United States, and particularly in Tennessee, in uh, the ratio between omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. And omega-6 fatty acids are pro-inflammatory. We find those from, from vegetable oils like corn oil or sunflower oil or safflower oil. Um, and, and as a result, our ratio between omega-3 and omega-6 begins to increase. Um, we'd like the ratio to be 3 to 1, 3 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. But most Americans are 12 to 1 and teenagers are 24 to 1. So why does that happen? They're eating processed foods that, that are cooked in an in a oil. Vegetable and oils, right? Vegetable oils, yeah. yeah. And as a result, we're starting to see the omega-6 go up. And so they become pro-inflammatory. That pro-inflammatory not only um, creates problems with health, but also the omega-6 fatty acids are sticky. And so the fatty acids go into cell membranes, like into our red blood cell, into our platelets. And so the platelets become sticky. When you have an omega-3 fatty acid, they're almost like putting Teflon on top of your platelets and your red blood cells. They tend to skip over top of each other. And that allows you to have better hemodynamics, better ability to circulate blood. And so we recommend for individuals that, um, that have a poor omega-3, omega-6 ratio to, um, to consume a fish oil capsule or a, or a phospholipid form of that, which is krill oil, either one. Krill's absorbed a little bit better. There's not as much research on it. Fish oil works really well. So uh, a one gram, 1,000 milligram capsule per day really helps. Get it in enteric coated. Enteric means it's, um, it won't fall apart in your stomach. It'll, it'll fall apart in your small intestine and be absorbed. If it falls apart in your stomach, it's going to float on top of the stomach acid. You're going to burp it, and a cat's going to foul you around the streets. It's just terrible. So you want to you want to make sure it gets to the intestine. You know that's that brings up a lot of great points. I agree wholeheartedly with you on the first two. Is is probably vitamin D and then omega threes. Everybody that walks in my office, I do something called a Cleveland Heart Panel on them, mm -hmm. and it gives me a breakdown the omega-3s and omega-6s. So I look at that ratio on everybody that comes in here. And you're right, I rarely see a 3 to 1. Uh, if I can get somebody to 4 or 5 to 1, I'm lucky. I also look at the linoleic acid. That's one of the bad omega-6s that are inflammatory. And I try to get that level down to around 25 or so. But, yeah, people have been taught to eat vegetable oils and cook with it. That's a terrible thing to do. I'm really bad on sugar. I, you know, sugar is the enemy to me. It's almost like the devil. But linoleic acids, the, those, the bad omega-6 fats are probably just as bad for your arteries as sugar is. Right. Very inflammatory. The other thing, you were talking about vitamin D. I always recommend that they take, at a certain age, I need vitamin K2 with it. it tends to help the vitamin D be absorbed better and bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries. So anybody over 40, I always recommend they take uh, vitamin K2 with it. Um, mm -hmm. um, and the calcium, certainly get it through what you eat if you can, you know, through green leafy vegetables. So, all right, so we have, what's your next most favorite one? 
Uh, my next most favorite one. Um, well, right now it's zinc, and the reason I'm pushing zinc is because of uh, COVID. COVID, sure. And so uh, for zinc, we're using 80 milligrams of zinc in a chelate form. So a chelate is where uh, zinc is a metal. We're tying that up with a organic uh, material. So it can be an amino acid or it can be uh, sugar. And so you might see like zinc aspartate. It's zinc attached to aspartic acid or zinc gluconate. It's attached to glucose. And that's the same thing with calcium citrate. Calcium is tied to citric acid. Our stomach acid just, we can't dissociate the mineral from the uh, from normal, like calcium carbonate, which is ground up oyster shells. Just our stomach acid goes, goes up. We have less, I'm, I'm talking about pH now. So the amount of acid goes down, but the pH goes up. And as you do that, you, you have problems dissociating the calcium from the carbonate. But the citrate, when it's calcium citrate, you're able to dissociate that better. So for a supplement, calcium citrate, if you're over 40, you shouldn't be taking uh, calcium carbonate anymore. Great, great point. Um, you know, a lot of these things that we talk about, there, there are different forms of magnesium. I think there's nine different forms. Same thing with calcium, right. same thing with zinc. You know, I had a guy this morning, of course, we're putting everybody now to prevent COVID on DC and zinc. Those are my top three right. for prevention of COVID. Nine out of 10 hospitalized patients with COVID have a very low vitamin D level. And get your levels checked. You never know what your level is until you check your blood with it. So that's another thing I check on every patient that walks in here. One guy this morning, though, was taking zinc. He says, I'm taking super doses of zinc. I go, well, how much you taking? He goes, 200 milligrams. I go, that's too much. You better. It's going to deplete your copper. Right. So don't take more than 100 milligrams right. for sure and make sure you take some copper with that through your trace minerals. So you kind of have to know what you're doing with you do. supplements. Um, so copper and zinc are really uh, closely tied together and uh, both share the same transport portal um, from the small intestine to the bloodstream. And when we start playing around with throwing lots of uh, a zinc, we would call that a divalent cation. So when we start throwing in a lot of divalent cations at the same time, they're all competing for the same transport mechanism to get in the blood. That creates some problems. So like we like to take the calcium and we like to put it maybe at a different time of the day if you're going to take a calcium supplement from other divalent cations yeah, yeah. just to give you that opportunity. Interesting. I do like the krill oil a little bit better than the fish oil. It seems to be a little more potent. It doesn't seem to give you that fishy taste. Right. I have a tip I give to a lot of people that take fish oil uh, if they can't tolerate it on their stomach is to put it in the freezer. I agree 100%. And take it, take it in the freezer so it would be released in your small intestine and not in your stomach. A fish but sickle. Fish sickle. It's not like a fudge sickle. It's a fish sickle. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> what other vitamins over 50 would you take? I, know, I don't want to take a lot of your time. but yeah, what? I, Well, you know, sometimes we see B12 being an issue. Um, most people can, uh, you, the B12 is that water-soluble vitamin that we can store in our, uh, in our system, in our liver. And so you don't really need to take it every day, but when you, when you get deficient in B12, it's a problem. So, uh, and if you're a vegetarian, you know, it becomes a real problem because that's where you're going to get your B12 from animal sources. So we recommend a sublingual. Um, yeah. yeah, methyl B12. Yep, 1,500 micrograms. Yep. yep, I like the methylated yeah. form um, rather than cyanocobalamin. 
the other thing that um, I recommend is that for anybody on talking about B12, which is an energy vitamin, I take it. If anybody on metformin for diabetes, it's going to deplete your B12. So you better take some B12, or if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. Right. Same thing if you're on a statin medication for your heart or high cholesterol, um, it's going to deplete your CoQ10. Um, so well, I'm big on CoQ10. We're, we are actually running a trial. Uh, we're waiting for FDA to come back and give us the approval, but it's we're, uh, we're using 300 milligrams of, of water-solubilized coenzyme Q10. That I'm make in my laboratory. Dr. Collins from pharmacy and, and I are working on this project together. And um, we're looking at patients who have had a cardiac incident, they've been cathed, they're getting um, uh, 80 milligrams of atorvastatin Lipitor, they're getting a beta blocker, metropolol, and they're getting a baby aspirin. Mm -hmm. And so they're either gonna get uh, a placebo or they'll get uh, 300 milligrams of the absorption enhanced coenzyme Q10. And what we're looking for when people get a coenzyme Q10 deficiency, particularly when they're taking statin drugs, statin drugs, sure. uh, when you, you're taking a statin drug to reduce your cholesterol, but uh, coenzyme Q10 and cholesterol share a common intermediate. So when we stop that enzyme, HMG-CoA reductase, when we reduce that enzyme, we also reduce the amount of coenzyme Q10 you're producing in your body. And so people will experience leg cramps or cramps in the chest. And we don't want that to happen. So we have to come up with an exogenous source of coenzyme Q10. It is terribly uh, lipophilic. It hates water. And so we make it so when you put it in the water, it just goes right into solution. My wife, as you said, is type 1 diabetic, and she takes um, my coenzyme Q10 every day. Does she take 300 milligrams of it? She does. Well, no, she takes... Um, she takes 100 milligrams okay. and she stirs it into a little bit of orange juice, same color, okay. and then um, and takes that every day. And that helps her. She has a, a Lipitor that she takes, mm -hmm. and that helps her from getting any cramps. Yeah, that's so that's really awesome. good. Awesome. And then the other one that you might want to consider is uh, if you have achy joints and the joints are, are having some problems uh, working as you're exercising or walking or whatever, glucosamine um, is, a, is a product that can really help you. So uh, I think the, I'm trying to remember the dose of glucosamine off the top of my head. I can't remember it right now. But if you're going to take it, you're going to take it for, six, for 60 days, three, uh, two months. And if you haven't experienced anything at the end of two months, it's not going to work for you. But if it does work for you, it's going to help you um, uh, with your joint pain, and it's worth trying. Yeah, I agree with that. Anybody over 50 is going to get a little joint pain. Um, you and I know we're in that age group. That's right. Way over there. But I'll, I like glucosamine. I also like to add MSM to glucosamine. I think it makes it work better. I also like curcumin for joints, turmeric. Right. Um, I like a little magnesium at night, um, personally. I think it helps prevent cardiac arrhythmias, helps bowel movements. Right, it does. Um, and it helps... Um, Heat you up a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. It does. It helps you sleep, yeah. I mean, it's, it's real. that's why I recommend it at night. I like vitamin C. Do you like vitamin C? love vitamin C. Okay. Yeah. Take that. Don't tend to get as sick with colds and things. Of course, zinc you already mentioned. I think we've hit the, the main we've ones. We've hit the major ones that I would recommend. I talk to a lot of seniors, and, you know, we talk about that. And then the other thing that it's not a, it's not a supplement, but one thing you need to look about 
look at, and maybe we can talk about this later, is increasing the amount of fiber in your diet. Absolutely critical. And, you know, uh, I would say 80% of the people in the United States don't eat enough fiber. Yep. And so yep. you, the, the fiber is what's feeding those uh, bacteria that live in the colon. You have to give them something to eat. And you have to do that to help um, get rid of uh, uh, problems that are in, uh, in the colon, things you've consumed that could be a potential carcinogen yep. or insecticide that came in on some of your foods. If you have the fiber, that tends to get bind up those things and you avoid it in your feces. And so, um, and it keeps, it produces more acid, which keeps that bowel more healthy, less prone for polyp formation. Uh, calcium helps with that as well. And also less prone for uh, potential uh, carcinomas in the colon. That is such wonderful advice. Um, you know, there's, there's something else about colon cancer. Of course, I talked last week about how coffee um, can help reduce the incidence of colon cancer, and there's no doubt about that. Um, but anyway, that, that's some great advice. I'm into supplements, as you know. Um, we'll continue to do research. We'll t continue to talk to guys like you who really can take it down on a biochemical level. It's always good to kind of talk to somebody that's way up here and knows their stuff. So. Thank you, Dr. Andy Clark. We'll have you back. And any anything else? We're going to definitely have you as a routine guest. I'll I be hope. happy to come back. And we'll anytime. play guitar together. We will try and play some. We'll guitar jam together. together. Yeah. You know, I'll just follow your lead. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine with Dr. Andy Clark. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys again next week. Thanks. Thanks.